Hello everyone. We are back and we are back with a rebrand. I just want to say hi to all the new listeners who joined because I know ever since we did Bali's podcast episode, there have been quite a few listeners who've joined. So hello everyone. My name is Adi. Sorry if I'm looking down here. My notes are down here. I am the host of the Adi Authentic podcast, which you are listening to at the moment. We talk all about self-love, self-understanding, personal growth, and I wanted to add a little bit of activism and kind of advocation as well within that because I have been doing a lot of research on what's happening in Palestine and what's happening in Congo. I have finished my series for a history of Palestinian resistance and I kind of wanted to move on with the series doing more videos and more series on what is happening around the world because I believe that that's a really big part of personal growth. So we're sprinkling a little bit of that in, but mostly it is about self-understanding and self-love and personal growth. So hello again and hello to all my original listeners. It's great to have you guys back. As you guys know, we have done a bit of a rebrand. We are now the Abby Authentic. We used to be the All Authentic. And honestly, I'm very proud of this rebrand. Like you don't know how proud I am. So originally I was thinking of getting someone to do the branding for me and I thought let's okay let's have a go like let's have a go at branding it myself so I spent um a couple of days on it actually it wasn't as long as I expected and I was happy with the result so we are now the Adi Authentic it's a sprinkle of myself in there as well I wanted it to be quite personal to me so that's what it is it's a rebrand that was running through my mind for quite a while now and because if you guys, if some of you guys know, this podcast has quite has had quite a few rebrands. It was quite all over the place, and my mind was a bit like, "Oh, people, people are gonna judge if I have this many rebrands. Like, they're gonna click off my podcast because they're gonna think, how many times is this girl gonna rebrand?" But I just believe that, firstly, as you grow, as you change, like people change a lot in their life and you're going to change a lot in your life and I believe I have ever since last year and I think that was when the rebrand was I believe that I had have changed like quite a lot and I've grown in myself right now I am experiencing how much I have grown <laughs> like I want to do a whole separate thing on that but I've been doing progress of the day videos on TikTok and going through those and like I just cannot, I can't acknowledge, I can't believe, and I've acknowledged how much I've grown, but I just can't believe that compared to last year me, this me is so happy in herself. And I'm, I'm like shocked because I didn't even think I'd come close to this happy by this point, this point in time. I'm, I'm super, super happy with where I've come from. And yeah, number two of what I was saying about um the whole rebranding is I was quite scared about people's judgment and them kind of being like, what the hell is she doing? And honestly, the one question I've started asking myself with every single situation that I've kind of been a bit pro-con about is what's the worst that can happen? Like truly, if you do this, what is the worst thing that can happen at the moment? For this and the rebrand, the worst thing is that people aren't going to like it and they can go. But it's going to attract so many more people and overall thing is I'm so happy with it like so so happy I did my own branding 
did all the branding by myself. And honestly, I'm very proud. And I finally figured out how to merge both my accounts in a way that I am still relating back to self-love, self-growth. And I'm still talking about my personal life and my personal experiences where I can. Obviously, I'm not going to be including everything about my personal life, but as much as I can and as much as what relates to you guys, I will be talking about. So if you're thinking about starting up a passion project and you're thinking, okay, what the hell, like, how is this going to work? What is this, like, what is going to happen with it? What 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 are people going to think? Like, honestly, forget it. And the main thing is to just start because if you keep waiting to be ready, you are never going to be ready. Like, I know so many people who have waited to for something to come in order to start their business or in order to start their passion project. And that thing has never come because as you get to that point, you are then waiting for the next big thing to happen. And in that case, nothing is going to happen and you're not going to get anything done. Whereas if you start and you learn as you kind of progress in that passion project of yours, that is how you're going to learn. And that is the best way to learn. If you make mistakes, you make mistakes. Like that is such an integral part of life that I've now <laughs> chosen to make mistakes because that is how I prefer to live. I prefer to live in a world where I can make mistakes and I can grow from them. I also wanted to plug the Geneva community channel. We are now on Geneva. And if you don't know what Geneva is, it is basically an app that you can download and I think it's a website but I'm not quite sure don't quote me on that um it is an app mainly that I'm using and basically you guys can form a community of your own on whatever topic you like to discuss or you're interested in so for the Adi Authentic I have been working on creating space where people can talk about self-love personal growth I've also gone into kind of Bhagavad Gita studies because that has been so popular on my TikTok. So if you guys want to join, I have the link in the show notes below. Go join. I would love to see you there. So today's topic is kind of an ode to one year of being single. And I love it. It's kind of my reflections on what I mean, where I made my mistakes. Yes, but what I've learned through those. And the main thing is, as you can see from the title, grieving during a heartbreak and it is so important to grieve like you do not know how much I grieved I spent two months in bed grieving over a heartbreak so I'm taking you through that because there is so much within that topic alone and at first I was kind of thinking okay let's do a podcast on heartbreak alone like what I've learned from my heartbreak and I thought actually no because there are so many stages I went through in a heartbreak so as I was drafting out the Heartbreak podcast, I was just thinking there's like so much to this and I can unpack it so much more. So I've split this into three parts. The first one is grieving from a heartbreak. The second one is healing yourself um, after the heartbreak. And the third one is beginning to date after the heartbreak. So it's a series of three and it was very, very highly recommended by people so that is what I'm going to talk about today. But the first thing to talk about is obviously the grieving during heartbreak, because that is, you cannot get to the rest of those stages without first grieving. And for me, that was two months crying in bed, not getting out of bed, that kind of thing. 
So we're going to be unpacking that a lot today. Obviously, if you guys are original listeners, we do our daily segment, our highs, lows and inspos segment, where our highs are something that we've loved about the past week. Our lows are something that we've not really loved about the past week, but there's always a silver lining. And our inspos is something or someone that has inspired us. So I'm going to start with my low because my low is a low low. Like it's a low low where I kind of got confused about what the hell I'm doing. And I kind of lost myself in everything that was going on. So as you guys know what's about what's going on in Palestine, and yes, I have the Palestinian flag behind me. This is one that I got from a protest that I went to in London and it's kind of just been in my room. Milo has been just getting pulled back down to planet Earth. Like, I just feel like I'm so busy in what I'm doing with uni going on and with kind of doing content creation and wanting to achieve all my dreams. But then I kind of come back to this place And this has been a very recent thing where I come back to a place of like, but this is going on in Palestine. This is going on in Congo. There are so many atrocities going on that I want to talk about all of them. I want to talk about all of them. I want to educate myself on them. But there's such like big topics. And it's not so much that it's difficult to choose between like right and wrong. There is a clear right and wrong. It's more so spending my time educating myself. And obviously that comes with so much emotion. And I really have to take it slow sometimes when I'm kind of reading books and stuff. So recently I finished A History of Palestinian Resistance and that book got me. Like I was doing maybe a chapter a day and even then it was a lot to process. And then that emotion And carrying that emotion with me all day was so, so much. And I kind of, I sometimes ask God, like, what, like, why? Like, why is this happening? What is happening? Why are you doing this? And that is where my Bhagavad Gita studies have kind of come in and shown me. But I don't think, I still don't think I have a clear understanding and a clear grasp on I guess where my religion, my my religious journey is taking me, my Hinduism journey is taking me, um, my dharmic journey is taking me in terms of what is happening right now. I did do a Bhagavad Gita TikTok on this, but I just feel like there's so much more to it. And I want answers, but this desperation for seeking answers from God has kind of made me very overwhelmed. So I guess overall, what I'm trying to say is I'm dealing with a lot of overwhelm right now. (laughs) It's difficult to process emotionally, especially when you're carrying so much emotional overload from exams and trying to balance work and life and uni and life and also doing content creation and trying to keep up with your hobbies and your friends and socializing. There's just so much and it's such an emotional burden on you that you almost want to just kind of take an entire two weeks away away from everything away from your phone away from like everything that's going on in the world but you simply can't that is my low and I can't I can't seem to be able to escape it at the moment which is upsetting um and I know that me saying this does not even come close and does not even touch the emotional grief and the trauma 
and everything that the Palestinian people are facing or the Congolese people are facing and the people who are facing atrocities and oppression every single day, my grief and my trauma does not even come close to it. And when I think about that, I'm like, it really, yeah, it really pulls me back to ground zero. But that is my low of the week. My inspiration of the week is actually kind of to do with the whole Palestine thing, but it's looking at the people who are educating themselves and who are creating content on the oppression that's going on in the world. And I am so proud that this is a world that I live in. Like, yes, there are absolutely shitty people in this world who I don't know how, but believe in the wrong side of history. And I'm just so proud of the people persevering and pushing themselves to educate people and to love and give love and respect other people. That makes me so proud. And my high of the week is that I think one way or another, <laughs> I found the area that I want to go into career-wise. So the area that I kind of want to go into is international development, international studies, maybe um, developmental economics. I'm not really sure which part of like international studies I want to go into, but uh, sorry, development studies I want to go into, but it's definitely somewhere in that broad spectrum of things. So I've been trying to prioritize some time during my day to apply to jobs and look into master's schemes and look into courses that I can do to just up my CV a bit more and also look into part-time jobs and stuff where I can gain skills that are needed for that sector. Okay, so now that we have done our highs, lows, and inspo segment, we're going to be moving on to the main episode of the um episode. <laughs> Sorry, it is currently 8.27 at night, and I'm tired. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, we're going to be moving on to the main episode for today. And it is as I said, about how you can grieve in a healthy manner after you've just had your heart broken. So I got out of a relationship last September. It was difficult because that person was ultimately like a good friend of mine and my then boyfriend. So I kind of, I think, lost two big relationships in one foul swoop. There was... A lot of healing to do, I think, especially after my first relationship ended. Like, compared to that, the second one was just a lot more because I think I was dealing with a lot more emotionally. So in terms of the grieving process, it was just a lot harder for me. But now that I've had a lot of time to heal and grow, as I said, I'm astonished at the place I'm in right now. Like, and not even just in the space, like mentally, when I'm now dating, it is a completely different seat. Like the kinds of people I attract when I'm dating, I guess like the time I prioritize to myself and my standards. Last few meals shook it. I'm not even kidding you. So I've broken this episode down into four parts. So the first part is the stages of grief. So I'm going to briefly go over the stages of grief. And then the second part is how they apply to heartbreak within relationships. And also I think some of this advice can also be taken in any kind of relationship. So it can be heartbreak with friendships, heartbreak with family, that kind of thing. In 
part number three, we're going to talk about how to understand our feelings because that is so essential when you're trying to understand yourself and also grow as much as you can. And lastly, we have our homework chapter, which if you guys don't know what my homework chapter is, it is basically me allowing you to put everything you've learned in this chapter and in all my chapters into practice in your week and just see how you get along. It is not something that you need to force yourself to do. But even if you can do one thing out of the three things I give you, amazing. Like that is a star. And I am so proud of you just for doing that because that is such a big step to take. Also, I want to preface this by saying that this episode is going to be a lot. So whether this was a fresh heartbreak or it's been something that was kind of lingering for a long time, I just think that healing takes different periods of time with different people. So if you know someone also going through heartbreak, like you guys can help each other out as well. But yeah, the main thing is this episode is going to be a lot for some people. And if last year me was listening to this, I bet it would be a lot for her. So take it one step at a time. You do not have to listen to this episode all in one go. You can if you want, but you can also just take it a step at a time. And you can even do point by point if you want. Whatever suits you, you do. So the five stages of grief are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. I am not saying that this podcast episode is about helping you avoid these stages like you are 1000% gonna go through these stages some of them if not all of them the purpose of this podcast episode is to help you cope in the best manner possible and to cope in the healthiest manner possible because I know that I coped with a lot of these stages in very unhealthy ways so I want to kind of teach you about the healthy ways to cope with these number one is denial Denial is a stage where everything's a bit of a shock. The initial thing, like the initial feeling that you're going to go through is denial. And it's going to be a shock to the system. You're not going to be able to navigate anything beyond what you are thinking at that current moment. And that is completely okay. You do not need to be able to think rationally at that point. You just need to be able to take time in that moment and be like, this is what I need to focus on right now. And it is basically your mind's protective layer saying, chill the fuck out. Take your time. This is happening. This is reality. And I know that it's a shock to your system. But right now, you don't need to rush to rapid solutions. Like you can literally just sit there and cry if you want. That's what I did. That is completely normal. Number two is anger. Be so careful with this one. I'm a Sagittarius and I I wouldn't say I'm short-tempered, but my fuse can snap like that sometimes. Last year, me, that was definitely me. Like I can be overwhelmed like that. Like my deepest feelings can go from zero to a hundred in like five seconds. That is the person I am. So I had to be very careful in this stage. For a person like me, who normally, yes, level-headed, When I get super emotional, my level-headed personality then gets chucked out the window because I cannot think straight, my anger sets in, and I am focused on one thing, and that is to prove that other person wrong and prove that I am the best person there. And normally, (laughs) that mindset works when it 
kind of when you're talking about confidence but when you're talking about anger that is a whole different mindset altogether and one thing I love about deep feelings is that you can always use them as a catalyst to grow and to be your best freaking self so here are a few examples if you're anything like me and you can snap in a minute or your super like deepest emotions goes from zero to 100 in a flash Number one is to freaking go run. Like, I'm not a runner. (laughs) I avoid running when I can. I've now gone to the gym, but I do enjoy running from time to time, especially when I'm super stressed or super upset or super angry. When I run, those emotions go out the window. Number two is to focus on creative outlets. I'm not a very artsy person. Like, if you're thinking drawing, painting that is not me. I'm trying to be that person, but that is not me. I'm saying creative outlets as in, if you enjoy blogging, do that. If you enjoy recording podcasts, do that. If you enjoy drafting podcasts, do that. If you enjoy writing, if you enjoy making YouTube videos, whatever it may be, do that. That is a creative outlet. And if it works for you, it works for you. Number three, don't be scared to reach out to your support network. I know in this stage, in the anger stage, It is so easy to reach out to friends and try like bad mouth people or like bad mouth people that have hurt you. That is so normal. You are so valid in your reasoning. I did that without any bad intention. But I think because I was in that stage and I didn't understand the healthy ways of coping, that is what I did. I'm saying get in touch with your friends, get in touch with your loved ones and talk about how you're feeling. Your friends understand where you're coming from and they will kind of talk you into a more level-headed view. And number four, goal setting. Vision boarding, talking about my goals, talking about what I want to like achieve in five years time. That works for me. That works for me because that focuses on me. That doesn't focus on anyone else. The next is bargaining. So this actually means mitigating the loss of someone you've lost in your life or trying to reverse what just happened. For me and for a lot of other heartbreaks, it can kind of come in a way that you really want to keep in contact with that person. You don't want to lose that person. So you will insist on staying in contact no matter how much it hurts you. And girl, there is a mistake that you're making, first of all. No contact can be so, so healthy for you guys. Even taking a break from relationships, if that is the case, can be so healthy with the right communication beforehand. But no contact can also work miracles. I didn't go no contact until maybe a few months after the breakup. And I realized just how good It can be like just how much you start prioritizing yourself and changing yourself to become the person that you want to be without that other person in your life. The first maybe month, two months, three months can be difficult as how like all you want to do is get in touch with that person again. Do your best not to do that because it will ruin the whole process and you will be starting back to square one. So yeah, as I said, no contact works miracles. Trust me, try it for yourself. Honestly, I think the one thing I learned from no contact is just how much discipline it takes. And that discipline is then used after in your healing stage and in your dating stage to become a better version of yourself and to discipline yourself and your standards 
and to set your boundaries and to look for the best of the best. In terms of mitigation, some people try to mitigate the loss of that other person by going on dating apps and dating other people literally straight away. And this is something called serial dating. Serial dating is often when you cannot be away from the dating zone for too long. And honestly, I feel like it's quite unhealthy. I just feel like that time that you take to heal is so expensive. Expensive in the way that that time is so costly because the long-term impacts will be astounding, but you are paying so much for that time to be by yourself. And often in the serial dating world or the dating world alone, those a lot of those can be temporary, like temporary fixes, but they won't last long because you've gone from one pl- like one person to another person and you are still seeing the same person. You have not learned anything from that previous relationship. So here are some ways to cope in a healthy manner when it comes to the bargaining stage. The first thing is to understand what is and isn't in your control. Feelings go both ways. And if the feeling to kind of stay in contact or feeling to, I guess, try again or keep it civil isn't reflected back by the other person, there is no chance that you're making any progress in this stage and no contact is a way to go. Number two is therapy. This is, I think, when I started therapy back in my like previous relationship or previous breakup, shall I say. And if you haven't already listened to the two episodes that I did with Bali Shah, go listen to them because we talk all about how therapy can help you. So I'm not going to go into that right now. But all I'm going to say is therapy can be so useful because you are talking to a third party and that third party knows nothing about how you were before or how that other person was and all you are talking about is you and how you've grown and where you want to get to in the long term and they will help you kind of achieve that just by you talking through what's happening with you and honestly there's so much strength in seeking help so I highly recommend it the next thing is self-compassion being kind to yourself is difficult We've been raised in a world where we try to find the worst things about ourselves and become our own critics. And as much as that can be useful sometimes in this case, you need to learn to be so kind to yourself and mostly understand that the feelings that you are feeling are so normal and so valid. And you need to learn to validate those feelings yourself because otherwise you're going to go around looking for other people to validate those feelings for you and those other people have no clue who you are or who that other person is only you do so you are the only one who can validate what you're feeling how you're feeling and the last thing is to set your freaking boundaries this is something that I've kind of learned just in this year alone and I think I've become quite good at it And a lot of people assume that setting boundaries is very selfish, it's very selfish behavior, and it's not looking out for other friendships. Honestly, if you're doing you, and if those boundaries work for you and your mental well-being, keep doing them. Honestly, I will advocate for you all the way. But here's the most difficult bit. You have to be so insistent on those boundaries. Do not, do not push them either way, okay? Those boundaries need to stay in their place. 
because that is the only way people are going to take you seriously with your boundaries. If you keep changing your boundaries here and there for different people and for different reasons, those people are never going to take you seriously. And you are all you are doing is disrespecting yourself. And boundaries also do look like no contact. No contact is a boundary. And it is the best boundary that I have ever taken. The next stage we're talking about is being depresso espresso. Espresso depresso. I think that's it. Anyway, the next stage is depression. And this is when you're going to put yourself caring into your diary for however long you want. I think this is the best stage. Honestly, as I've said, and I, as I've told you before, I spent two months in bed literally crying, watching the same movie over and over again. The movie I really recommend watching in this stage is Someone Great, because honestly, your tears are coming out. Like, girl, you're bawling. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend crying for two months. There, I said it. And this stage gives you so much processing time, not in terms of thinking rationally, but literally just thinking, okay, I'm depressed. I have so much to do, but I just need to process through my feelings. And that processing of your feelings comes through crying, or at least for me, it does. Other Others just wallow or others kind of just are in their feels. And that is perfectly okay. My top tips are junk food, junk food, junk food. I'm kidding. My top tips are junk food. Stop being so hard on yourself and don't even attempt to think rationally. And also speak to friends if you do get the time and if you are feeling it, because that can really, really help you. And stage number five, baby, is acceptance. Congratulations. You have officially made it to the final stage. If you are there, you have been through all those stages. And I know it took so much work for you guys. And I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you've made this journey to attempting to become a better you. And you will but there is so much more work to do. And that work is so exciting because you are learning so much about yourself. And this is literally the best period of your life because you think you've hit rock bottom. Okay, you've hit rock bottom. But baby, the only way is up. Everything on that way up, girl, that is going to be so good for you. And it is going to be like a physical and mental glow up. What more can you ask for? Okay, so... You've been through the five stages of basically grieving a heartbreak. And it has been a journey. Now what? Now it is time to reflect. And this may seem boring to a lot of you. Trust me, it seemed boring to me the first time too. But a lot of this reflection comes in really handy in our healing stage. And you'll see why. The main thing that I reflected on is to work on my emotional reactions and what triggers me and what bends me over backwards for some people and understanding exactly how I'm feeling, like naming those emotions and labeling what I am feeling at that point in time. And doing this is so crucial. And it will, as I said, it will help you so much when it comes to your healing journey. But if you're wondering how to do this, here's how to do it in five easy steps. Number one. Give yourself so much time, girl. Patience is something that is not my forte. It's not my strong point, but it is coming to me slowly but surely. I find it so easy to be desperate to look for answers sometimes. And I realize that instead of going straight to that goal point, 
the journey there is literally the best thing that could have happened because on the way there, I've been learning so much. And the time that you take to give yourself that space and that processing time is so vital because that's the point in which you're feeling your mix of emotions. That's when it'll help when you eventually get to labeling those emotions. And speaking of, step number two is to identify and label our emotions. This is such a huge step and it'll help you to not avoid or not suppress your emotions because avoiding and suppressing emotions only allows them to build up in the depths of you you are only and you are only waiting for the for these emotions to build up so they can erupt in the long term and honestly you kind of want to get these short-term feelings out of the way as you're feeling them. Understanding these specific emotions helps you to address them a lot more efficiently. And in that way, you'll know exactly what helps when you next experience those emotions. So for example, me, I now realize when I get triggered by a certain type of behavior from someone. I didn't realize that before. So when I had first dealt with that, I snapped, like I snapped and I would instinctively react to what I was feeling then and there. But now I've realized that the next time I come across these behaviors, that is not me. They are not aiming that behavior towards me. They are aiming that behavior towards their insecurities and themselves and what is going on in their life. Because no one wants to waste their time talking shit about other people. Like people just don't do that. People talk negatively on people because it is our own insecurity coming out. And that is something vital that you guys have to start understanding. Also, in order to label and identify emotions, get your loved ones to help you. Like sometimes having a third party who knows how you behave and who knows how you react can be so vital in helping you out with your journey at the moment. And if they know how you react and when you react, and sometimes you won't know that for yourself, that person could be so vital in helping you to identify when you're doing each of these things. And honestly, it can bring you so much closer emotionally. The next step is to read and educate yourself. So aside from reading books about, I guess, in the self-help realm, and talk like reading books about healing trauma and understanding emotional responses and the psychology of breakups, read for the fun of it. And what I mean by this is, When I read, I understand what kinds of books help me for specific emotions. So an example for me is A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's something I like to read when I'm feeling very, very stressed out. So it's not just A Court of Thorns and Roses. It's also, I guess, fantasy romance. That genre helps me so much when I'm sad and feeling unfocused. It just brings me back on track because I then feel like, okay, I've done this, like I've escaped to another world for this point in time whilst I'm feeling a certain way. But now that I'm back, I kind of feel my energy uplifting again because of this book. And that is where emotional escape can help you so, so much. The next step is to learn to identify certain triggers. And this was a really big one for me. We've talked about this a little bit, but the two questions to ask yourself is, what causes these emotions? And how can I avoid or cope in a healthy way? 
So in terms of what causes these emotions, for me, when I'm with certain types of people and I've been recognizing that I've been staying quite quiet and quite reserved and introverted, that is not me. And now I've been able to recognize that. I recognize that a certain type of person or certain type of behavior really brings out my introverted self. That basically tells me that I am not a match for this person or I cannot think of a certain topic to talk to them about. I can't even make small talk. Like that is the kind of person I am. If I can't get along with a certain person, I I won't talk to them. I will make small talk, but I won't go into like deep conversation with them. I will basically say hi, hello, and then I'm gone. And for me to be able to cope with this, I try to avoid the behavior or the behaviors or the people altogether. But if you want to put it in a nice way, you can basically just have some small talk and then excuse yourself politely and try to distance yourself from them a bit. And as I say this, if you are thinking, oh my God, that is so selfish of her. Think again, because that is what I mean by creating boundaries. Looking after your emotional and mental well-being is so integral because if you can't do that, you are basically people-pleasing. If you are talking to people for the sake of talking to people and not actually enjoying the conversation, but you don't want them to think badly of you, that is a people-pleasing behavior. And I am so glad I've gotten rid of that. And the last thing is to remember to forgive yourself. You are only human. Humans make mistakes. And being able to forgive yourself is such a superpower. I am not kidding you. Not a lot of people can forgive themselves. And it takes so much work to recognize that you're human. I know that sounds crazy. Like, I know we recognize that we've all been put on this planet as human beings. But we don't recognize that as human beings, We've not been put on this planet to be perfect. Like we've been put on this planet by God himself to make mistakes and to learn from mistakes. And I see that in such a positive way because the beauty of a new day altogether is that you can try again. You can try again and try forgiving yourself again. And if you make a mistake, a new day is to make 1% progress the next day. I'm not sure if that was long or short of an episode. But now we're going to be moving on to the homework episode. Let me know if you guys found what I've been talking about useful. That is just me talking from my personal experiences and healthy ways I found whilst I've been in my reflective period. So yeah, let me know if you guys have found this useful or not. But we're going to do our homework chapter. And what we normally do in our homework chapter is we have three activities or three exercises, whatever you want to call them. So basically, we have three journal prompts, three affirmations, and one big activity task that is tangible. So the three journal prompts is basically to reflect on triggers that we've talked about. So the three are, how do I handle anger or frustration? And is this the healthiest way to cope? How could it be made healthy if it's not the healthiest way to cope? The second one is, when you write about triggers, what comes to mind? Why do you think these trigger you? And the third one is, what is one thing you don't want others to see in you? Take these journal prompts really slowly. Like, be kind to yourself when you are thinking about the answers because 
even writing about these can be so triggering, especially for me. But it does take a lot of practice to kind of engage in activities like this. So even if you do one and engage with one, I am so proud of you. Well done. It does take a lot. But even doing one, you have grown so much. And the thing I love about journal prompts is you learn so much about yourself. Because whilst you're writing, the answers come from your subconscious. Like it is exactly what you're thinking at that point in time. And that is the most important bit because everything that is coming out on paper is something that you are thinking at that moment in time and you've started writing it down. That is how you are learning about yourself. The three affirmations are about forgiveness. So the three are, I am human and I accept that I make mistakes. Second one, I forgive myself for past mistakes and actions. I let it go and try my best today. Third one, today I start fresh. And my one big action step is pick up a book. Pick up a book, see how you feel. Read for an hour, read for a day, read for 15 minutes. I don't care how long you're reading for, but literally just pick up a book whenever you have time, even if it's during your lunch break, during work or uni, just read and see how you feel, see how that book makes you feel. And if it makes you feel like you could read this book when you are at a certain mood or certain energy level, take a note, take a post-it, write the mood down on the post-it note and stick it in the front of the book so you know. That is all for this episode. I hope you guys really, really enjoyed this episode. It's honestly, I don't feel like this episode was perfect if I'm being completely, completely honest with you guys. But I do feel like I'm getting back in the swing of things, which is always, always great. And I will try to be as consistent as I can going forwards. But obviously, uni is my first priority and that is going. <laughs> um, but honestly, I just wanted to be so, so real in my podcast episodes. And I wanted you guys to come along in the journey with me because I love listening back to my podcast episodes and seeing where I was at that point in time and what I'm talking about, and if I can kind of relate back to what I was saying at that point in time. So as I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys thought of it. And I will see you guys next week for the next episode in this heartbreak series. As always, my TikTok and my Instagram is at the Adi Authentic and the podcast is available to listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And I will try to get a YouTube link out as well. I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Love you all.